shotglassdigital.com. Whoa, on this episode of Geek Out Loud, what started as just a fun Twitter thing blossomed into the entirety of an entire show. We're talking Saturday morning cartoons on this, your safe place to geek out. This is the Geek Out Loud podcast. everyone and welcome to geek out loud your safe place to geek out online wherever you are and uh welcome welcome so glad to have you along with us glad to have everyone with us who's with us in the live chat we're doing this live we do it live every week now over at mixler.com slash big honking show very very special shout out and happy birthday to our good friend alicia pettit uh the admiral as we call her happy birthday to you and uh, hope it is a great great day and has been a great day for you now we do this at the big honkin show feed we uh we take over the old big honkin show mixler live feed for the purpose of doing the shows in the goliverse and uh i tell you what we have a great time with the big honkin show if you haven't tuned in to the big honkin show uh here's a little taste of what you're missing imagine owning the world's greatest songs by the greatest voice of our generation. In a once-in-a-lifetime collection, Big Honkin' Music presents the ultimate Glossin' Collection. 36 beautiful songs. Sung by our favorite artist, Steve Glossin'. On two CDs for just
on, you get both CDs for just $16.99. Shipping and handling. Supplies are limited. The Ultimate Golosan Collection is not sold in stores. So that's a commercial that was put together by our good friend Jimmy in Georgia. He, we call him our remote producer and content provider on the old Big Honkin' Show. And he always makes sure that we've got plenty of news stories to discuss and keeps us in the know about the things that matter and has made a ton of great, quote, commercials, unquote, dink, dink, commercials for us over the years. And they get used on a regular basis when we do the Big Honkin' Show. In fact, right now, sitting on go, I've got to get it uh, uploaded is Friday, this past Friday night at the time of this recording, uh, super giant <laughs> call-in spectacular, clocking in a little over four and a half hours, and it's everybody that called in, and it was a blast. We had a good time Friday night on into the late hours of the night, and that's kind of become a new thing for the Big Honkin' Show. I, if I had a life, I don't know what I would do. I don't, I, I, I would feel kind of um, I'd feel bad if I was not around on a Friday night to 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 do the show. We have such a good time. It's like hanging out with a bunch of friends. So uh, tune in when you can. The Big Honkin' Show at Mixler.com slash Big Honkin' Show. And, of course, tune in to all the Goliverse stuff that's happening. There's a lot happening in the Goliverse. A ton happening in the Goliverse. Um, number one, we are launching a Patreon campaign on June 28th, Saturday, June 28th launching our patreon campaign and we need your help with that with the patreon campaign comes um a a video that you put up of yourself kind of telling about what it is you're doing and asking people to be a part of and that sort of thing pitching if you will the goliverse and i figured what better way to pitch the goliverse because other people than just geek out loud and mark out loud and rock out loud and know what i'm saying listeners are going to be seeing this uh, other people are going to be kind of wandering around on patreon and they'll see it and they'll be like hey what is this and I figure what better way to pitch the Goliverse than you, the greatest podcast listening audience in the universe, helping help me out. So if you can record some audio or video, 30 to 45 seconds max, shoot it to geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com by Thursday, June 19th. That's this coming Thursday. So that I'll have time to edit everything together, film my big fat mug saying some stuff, and uh and get it posted and all and be ready to go because on june 28th at 10 a.m we launch 10 a.m eastern we launch patreon.com slash geek out loud a chance for you to take part in the geek out loud universe the goaliverse and help make it better help make things uh more to your liking and 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 give more content help us to put out more content and help us to provide more fun and more times where we're doing live shows and uh and and you can check it out patreon.com that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n a lot of people are trying to stick an i in there but it's e-o-n and uh that day we'll be doing a marathon of shows on our launch day we'll start at 10 a.m eastern with the big honking show and for those of you who listen to the big honking show you know what this means the return of buck thompson will be taking place he'll be in studio on june 28th 10 a.m eastern we'll be going from 10 to 12 with the Big Honkin' Show. And in between shows, we'll take a few minutes to kind of reset. We won't we won't drop the live feed. We'll play some music and stuff, but we'll have to reset the recording situation and bring up our new uh, set list for the various shows. But we'll get those things set, and we'll roll right into the next show. At this point right now, it's looking like around 12.30 or so, we're going to be hitting Geek Out Loud. 
at around uh, 2.30ish. We'll be hitting probably Rock Out Loud with Mark Out Loud taking place at uh you know five ish and then um then we'll roll over hopefully we'll get some know what i'm saying in there some disney vault talk and uh, we're bringing closing it all down that night with a special live big honking show call-in episode for you the listeners hopefully celebrating by that time the fact that we've met a you know i don't know we haven't really set a goal i've been told by everyone we need to set a goal so I'm looking at possibly maybe uh, let's start a let's let's have a $2,500 goal that day. $2,500 is the goal to raise in uh, in that one day, and we'll see what we can do. Tell your friends about it. Tell your friends about Geek Out Loud. If you are into Mark Out Loud and Rock Out Loud, tell your friends about those shows. Thursday, we record live the first ever Disney Vault Talk with myself and Teresa Del Caraluta. If you're a Disney fan, man, um, <clears throat> call uh, get get your friends that are Disney fans to listen in to Disney Vault Talk. Uh, if you just like having a good time, check out the Big Honkin' Show, because that's what we do there. Uh, we just have, we have a good time. We have a good time uh, chilling, so that's going to be taking place on Thursday night. I've got another big announcement that I'll be making uh, once we hit the snippet sections here in just a second. But I did want to do this. I found this, and I don't remember what this is, and I figured every now and again when we're doing one of the shows, especially the Big Honkin' Show, I'll just find something. I'll be like, hey, guys, what is this? And then I'll play it and see if we all remember it. So um, I don't I don't know what this is. Let's listen. Geek Out Loud presents Real Internet Heroes. Real Internet Heroes. Today we salute you, Mr. Nerd with Photoshop Guy. Mr. Nerd with Photoshop Guy. You take screenshots, movie stills, animals, and little kids with funny looks on their faces and put them in ridiculous situations we all love. Creating Internet memes. Is that Batman at SeaWorld? Yes, it is. Now look, a cat in Super Mario Brothers. Cutting paint. Put your skills to use in a fashion magazine? No way. You'd rather work on somebody's photo bomb. Don't want to airbrush January Jones. So keep at it, Wizard of the World Wide Web. You keep putting Spider-Man and Gollum fighting over a grilled cheese sandwich in our tumbler, and we'll keep clicking. This is another Photoshop guy. Geek Out Loud, the official podcast of geekoutonline.com. Totally forgot about that. Totally forgot about that. We need to do more of those. <laughs> that was fun. I think that was funner than um, Bad Impressions Theater. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, let's do this. Let's jump in some emails. We've got, uh, uh, you know, last week we tried to clear out the old mailbag and, man, things just started piling up once again. And this is old school. 
Uh, you know, there, there's no school like the old school, and this is old school geek out loud. When the internet, uh, when the internet, when the email bag starts filling up, and you just wonder, can I get through all of these emails in one episode? That's when you know we're almost back on track. We're almost where we once were. We're almost to the point where we can we can say with a certain amount of pride and 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 excitement that the people are listening again. That folks have tuned in, and it's good stuff. It's good times. Um, let's jump into it right now. Uh, this comes from our good friend Mark. Uh, he Last week we were talking, we got off and talked about Westerns a little bit, and I mentioned that I'd not seen a lot of Westerns, and uh, then I realized I'd seen a few, but not as many as other people say, and, and Mark sends in his top ten Westerns. Don't know much about any of these things. Uh, number ten, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I know that's a classic, and I know that's the the movie for which Bob Dylan wrote "Nag Nag Nagging on Heaven's Door." Notice I didn't do the Axl Rose. I also didn't do the Bob Dylan. <laughs> hey, Nag Nag Nag. Never mind. Um, number nine, Young Guns. Now, I, I, have I, is Young Guns where they drop the guy out of the window at the top in the big trunk and he comes out firing? I don't remember. I feel like I've seen those, but I, at the same time, I don't know that I have. Number eight, Rooster Cogburn. I believe that was the sequel to True Grit. I believe that's what that was. Uh, the Outlaw Josie Wells, number seven. Number six, Rio Bravo. Number five, Stagecoach. Number four, The Magnificent Seven, which is the one that everyone said um, <clears throat> I should be, I should see, and I still have not seen it yet. Number three, the original True Grit. Number two, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. And number one, Unforgiven. Now, I have seen Unforgiven. Uh, that's uh, Clint Eastwood, Morgan Freeman in, in that, and, uh, and Gene Hackman's in that, I believe, as the, as the bad guy. And that's the, uh, that's the movie where Clint Eastwood, they're sitting there around the fire, and Clint Eastwood says, Hell of a thing, killing a man. And I was like, that's a pretty cool line. So... Thanks, Mark, for sending those in. A lot of you guys had reached out and said, here's some stuff you need to be watching if you want to check out some Westerns. Will writes in and says, I'd like to say thank you for taking the time to read, interpret, analyze, and comment on your listeners' emails. It means a lot to have someone uh, like yourself take the time to answer our questions about geeky stuff. And speaking of which, I have one for you right now. This may be a question to answer on your Days of Future Past show, but I shall ask away. Um, yeah. We should probably wait till we talk Days of Future Past in depth because he talks about the post credit sequence. And, um, yeah, we'll wait. We'll wait on that one, Will. Sorry, I didn't pre read all the way. I remember you writing that, and I, and I thought we may do this, and that's why I put a, put a star by it to listen to it. But, um, here we go. This comes from Sam. Sam says, Hi, longtime listener, first time writer inner. Woohoo! I'm wondering what show or movie you've enjoyed in spite of, uh, in spite or despite its ridiculous premise. For example, for me, it's uh, Cayman Rider Game. And dispute the silly idea, in despite the silly idea of street dancing, fruit based superheroes and villains, but from the first episode, it was just so well written, and 30 ish episodes in, it has become the best show in Cayman Rider's 40 plus years. I don't know anything about what you just said. Nothing in that sentence made sense to me. Not because it was a poorly written sentence, but because I don't understand that sentence. <laughs> I don't understand what that is. <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't know what that means. I don't I don't know what these words are. Um, to wrap up, I love the show, and I'm glad Starkville Labs is coming. Any chance for more Smallville Season 11 podcasts? I'm not sure that's a question that we'll answer on Starkville Labs, though. I'm sure, Sam. Thanks. Um, if you've listened to this show for any amount of time, you know that a lot of times I love a lot of what people don't like. Um, I don't necessarily defend it per se, but I enjoy it. And when people look at me like, oh, that's stupid. That's stupid for you to have an opinion about something that it's counteractive to mine. Uh, I just kind of like, okay. For example, I enjoy Spider-Man 3 for what it is. I enjoy X-Men The Last Stand for what it is. Those are two biggies that I go to. I have a special place in my heart for Superman 4. Um, there's a lot of like cheesy little things. I really enjoy um, Masters of the Universe. The first G.I. Joe movie that came out uh, here a few years back, I still say somebody saw Star Wars. It To me, that movie was had it been made in the 80s would have been one of the greatest movies we we'd talk about it today as one of the greatest movies of all time um even with 80s ish type effects and everything um something else hit my head when i was talking about gi joe that i love masters i said masters of the universe i was talking gi joe had that movie been made in the 80s we'd have totally dug it i lost it it went away it ran oh uh the transformers movies uh, a lot of people don't like Transformers, the the Michael Bay Transformers movies, and it's not about the premises, or the premises of these movies, because at the end of the day, any of the geeky stuff we enjoy has a pretty ridiculous premise. Um, it it was about just they just decided to hate all over it because I don't know why I don't I don't know why, um, but I really liked all of three of the movies that have come out so far and I'm really looking forward to the fourth one. So I kind of I kind of hang out in that place of I like stuff it seems like a lot of times I like stuff that other people don't like. Now, I started getting a lot of stuff on Twitter and Facebook where people are like I like X-Men. I like X-Men 3. So um people dug it completely. So um yeah, and I appreciate all the support guys. It makes me feel not alone in this world. Thank you. David writes in, Hilbo, as he calls himself. Steve, I just had to shoot you a quick email about the man from Snowy River. Yeah, you did, because we mentioned it on the last episode. And uh, if you've not taken the time to go watch the man from Snowy River yet, I don't know what I don't know what you're waiting on. I don't know what I've got to do to get you to go to stop doing this now and go listen to the man from Snowy River. I just don't know what I've got to do to convince you that that's what you need to be doing with your life right now. So go do that. Go watch The Man from Snowy River. Let's continue on with David's email. He says, personally, it goes on my five favorite westerns list. I think the characters are well written and that the plot is really tight. There aren't any loose ends. By the time you get to the end of the film, you get how all the major characters are in the are in the story together and how it is building towards a climax. Also, I think the term coming-of-age story gets bandied about a lot, and yet for me, most of the time it doesn't really pay off. This movie truly sees Jim go from being a young man to the point where at the end of the movie, Spur can say, he's not a lad, brother. He's a man. And you buy it completely. You are so pulling for this kid as you watch him grow. As a minor geek note, I also really enjoy how much of the end of the movie is directly lifted from the poem. Oh, I didn't know it was a poem. The poem is really good. 
But by the time everyone is showing up to go after the cult, the movie is handed over to the source material, and it simply shines. That was a good, that was a good timing on my part. Way to go, Steve. Put that together with the score, which you're hearing right now. And by the time Jim is driving the Brumbies onto Harrison Station, I want to stand up and cheer every single time. Another movie that does this for me is the original Karate Kid, but I digress. So to make a long story short, I totally agree with you on liking this movie. I'm sure by now you've been given numerous westerns to watch, so I won't add to it, but judging from the western suggestion in the chat, I agree with most of them. I was never a big Eastwood fan. But then again, I grew up on John Wayne westerns, old swashbucklers, Star Trek, Superman, and of course, Star Wars. Well, and then he goes on to talk about the show a little bit. He says, I can't always agree with you, but we get along so well, it just makes the friendship better. I wish you all the best and good luck with what you're trying to do. And he mentions a shirt being ordered soon. Thank you, David. Get that shirt ordered. May the force be with you. And that's from Hilbo. May the force be with you, Hilbo. And may the force be with the man from Snowy River. Now, if someone can find that poem, uh, apparently, is it is is the poem called The Man from Snowy River, I'm assuming? Because I would love to uh, to read that. That'd be That'd be a fun read. I mean, I would look for it right now, but I'd have to stop podcasting. And you'd hear the tickety-tackety of the keys, and nobody likes that. Nobody enjoys hearing someone Google something on on air. I hate it when people do that all the time. Uh, the man from Snowy River. <laughs> Poem. Okay, here we go. We're going we're gonna to pull this up and see if we can find it. <clears throat> The Man from Snowy River is a poem by Australian bush poet Banjo Patterson. Oh, I wish my name was Banjo Patterson. Here we go. Here's the text of the poem. There was a move at the station, for the word had passed around that the colt from old regret had got away and had joined the wild bush horses. He was worth a thousand pounds. So all the cracks had gathered to the fray. All the tried and noted riders from the stations near and far gathered around you had mustered at the homestead overnight. For the bushmen love hard riding where the wild bush horses are, and the stock horse snuffs the battle with delight. There was Harrison, who made his pile when Pardon won the cup, the old man with his hair as white as snow, but few could ride beside him when his blood was fairly up. He would go wherever horse and man could go. And Clancy of the overflow came down to lend a hand. No better horseman ever held the reins, for no horse could throw him while the saddle girths would stand, he learnt to ride while droving on the plains. And one was there, a stripling on a small and weedy beast. He was something like a racehorse undersized, with a touch of Timor pony, three parts thoroughbred at least, and such are by mountain horsemen prized. He was a hard and tough and wiry, just the sort that won't say die, and there was courage in his quick, impatient tread. And he bore the badge of gameness in his bright and fiery eye and the proud and lofty carriage of his head. But still so slight and weedy, one would doubt his power to stay. And the old man said, that horse will never do for a long, a tiring gallop, lad. You better stop away. Those hills are far too rough for such as you. So he waited, sat and whistled. Only Clancy stood his friend. I think we ought to let him come, he said. I'll warrant he'll be with us when he's wanted at the end. For both his horse and he are mountain bred. He hails from Snowy River up by 
Cost Kiosco's side. I'm being I'm being clancy right now. Where the hills are twice as steep and twice as rough. Where a horse's hoofs strike firelight from the flint stones every stride. The man that holds his own is good enough, and the snowy river riders on the mountain make their home. Where the river runs those giant hills between, I've seen full many horsemen since I've commenced to roam, but nowhere yet such horsemen have I seen. So he went, they found the horses by the big mimosa clump. Ooh, mimosas. They were, <laughs> they were a bunch of <laughs> horses were drinking mimosas. They <laughs> should have been easy to catch. They raced away towards the mountain's brow. The old man gave his orders. Boy, go at them from the jump. Boys, go at them from the jump. No use to try for fancy riding now. And Clancy, you must wheel them. Try and wheel them to the right. Ride boldly, lad, and never feel the spe- never fear the spills. For never once was rider that could keep the mob in sight if once they gained the shelter of those hills. So Clancy rode to wheel them. He was racing on the wing and where the best and boldest riders take their place. He and he raced his stock horse past them, and he made the ranges ring with the stock whip as he met them face to face. Then they halted for a moment while he swung the dreaded lash, but they saw their well-loved mountain full in view, and they charged beneath the stock whip with a sharp and sudden dash, and off into the mountain scrub they flew. Then fast the horsemen followed, where the gorges deep and black resounded to the thunder of their tread. And the stock whips woke the echoes and the fiercely answered back from cliffs and crags that beetled overhead. Now oh, they were playing the beetles. And upward, ever upward, the wild horses held their way, where mountain ash and Kurijong drew grew wide. And the old men muttered fiercely, We may bid the mob good day. No man can hold them down the other side. When they reached the mountain summit, even Clancy took a pull. Hey. It might well be the boldest to hold their breath. The wild hop scrub grew thickly, and the hidden ground was full of wombat holes, and any slip was death. But the man from Snowy River let the pony have its head, and he swung his stock whip round and gave a cheer, and he raced him down the mountain like a torrent down its bed, while the others stood and watched in very fear. He sent the flintstones flying, but the pony kept his feet. He cleared the fallen timber in his stride. And the man from Snowy River never shifted in his seat. It was grand to see that mountain horseman ride. Through the stringy barks and saplings on the rough and broken ground down the hillside, at a racing pace he went. And he never drew the bridle till he landed safe and sound at the bottom of that terrible descent. He was right among the horses as they climbed the further hill, and the watchers on the mountain standing mute saw him ply the stock whip fiercely. He was right among them still, and he raced across the clearing in pursuit. Then they lost him for a moment, where two mountain gullies met. In the ranges, but a final glimpse reveals. On a dim and distant hillside, the wild horses racing yet, with the man from Snowy River at their heels. And he ran them single-handed till their sides were white with foam. He followed like a bloodhound on their track, till they halted, cowed and beaten, and he turned their heads for home, and alone and unassisted brought them back. But his hardy mountain pony, he could scarcely raise a trot. He was blood from hip to shoulder from the spur. But his pluck was still undaunted and his courage fiery hot, for never yet was mountain horse a cur. And down by Kosciuszko, not to be confused with Costco, where the pine-clad ridges raise, 
their torn and rugged battlements on high, where the air is clear as crystal and the white stars fairly blaze at midnight on the cold and frosty sky, and where around the overflow the reed beds sweep and sway to the breezes, the rolling plains are wide, the man from Snowy River is a household word today, and the stockmen tell the story of his ride. All right. There it is. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I totally got into it. <laughs> Dogs in says, Steve, this one next. <laughs> the ones who walk away from... No, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm sorry. I got into it. I really did. I was like, well, I will just do, uh, <clears throat> I will just do this real quick and, um, and be done and move forward and, uh, and let it roll. But, uh, I got into it. I got into the story. Good night. We should read, we should do the rhyme of the ancient mariner one of these days. <laughs> and now poetry on geek out loud, poetry out loud. Hadn't we said that before? And that one of the suggestions we had, thanks Hilbo. For sending in and alerting me to the fact that it was a poem. This one comes from Lonnie. He says, Steve, you're mentioning westerns, and the one that pops in my head is Tombstone. I'll be your Huckleberry. It's in my top it's in my top ten of all time favorite movies, and it's the only Western. Let me tell you something. Tombstone is a movie that transcends in so many ways the genre in which it's made. Tombstone is just a great flick. It is so it's quotable. Johnny Tyler, Mad Cat. Doc, I didn't know you were in town. Oh, so good. Good stuff. It's such a great movie and so much fun. And um, and it, it's, it's good stuff. It, it was one of the first of the modern westerns to really kind of take the genre seriously after, you know, after it kind of fallen out of favor for a long, long time. And it's it's a really good film. Also, you mentioned Yoda, says Lonnie, is the best uh, saber fighter. And I know it's all based on opinion, but technically, Yoda didn't win one lightsaber fight. Parentheses, that you saw. Everyone pretty much agrees he was losing to the Emperor when he took off. Was he? Was he? Because I feel like it was a pretty even match. I feel like Yoda, when they, when they did the whole lightning block thing, they both kind of fell off. Yoda just fell a little bit further. I don't know that he was losing to the Emperor when he took off. I think he just saw it was going to be a stalemate. The only other fight we see him is when he fights Count Dooku, and he didn't get to finish the fight because Dooku used the Force. Exactly. Why did Dooku use the, use the Force on that pillar to, as a distraction? Because Yoda was winning. Even if he beat Dooku, Dooku his record is 1-1. One one. That you've seen, Lonnie. That you've seen. All of the Jedi revere him as a master swordsman. And when you consider how long he lasted with the Emperor versus how long like Mace Windu lasted and those other three Jedi that went with Mace Windu, I think you see that um, that he's you know he's he's a good one. He's a good one. I, I just feel like he's the one you have to go with. It's not something that I'm going to be um, that I'm going to uh, to like pound the desk and, and defend because to me. I, you know, it's one of those fun things to talk about. I just tend to think that that Yoda's the best. You didn't offer an alternative, though, Lonnie. So, how about this? Email me back, geekoutonline at gmail.com. Offer an alternative. Uh, this comes from Jacob. Okay. Uh, hi. I'm going to jump right in. Call me ignorant, but I was always too preoccupied mm, pie, with other stuff while the whole Lord of the Rings surfaced. 
and made itself famous back in whatever decade it happened. Well, it happened in the decade of the 2000s. And so now, in the alts, if you will, the alt decade. And so now I feel like everybody I know has some exposure to the saga, and they all love it. While I sit here wondering, who is this lord and what's up with his ring? That was a difficult and humiliating introduction to get through, he says. All right, my point here is this. I'm going to try to tackle the Lord of the Rings movies, and I don't know where to start. Help me. I know nothing of the rings or this lord, and I mean nothing. Imagine a Vulcan waking up with a welt on his head at Moss Eisley Cantina with just the worst kind of hangover. That's me, lost, perplexed, and just not in the right place. Hmm. He puts in parentheses, does Jacob, and the award for the worst metaphor of the year goes to this guy. I have to agree. I have to agree. I don't know what your exposure is to this saga, but I do recall you and Derek talking about it in the past, so naturally I come to you. I've seen one or two of the Lord of the Ring movies, maybe, I'm not even sure, but whatever I watched, I watched extremely passively, which is rather embarrassing because watching movies is one of my favorite things to do. So my question to you is this. In what order should I watch these films? And I, choose, and I assume this order should include the more recent Hobbit films. Disclaimer, I'm refraining from doing any research online and therefore trusting you guys uh, to entirely pave the way for me. The idea here is for me to experience franchise with the barest of eyes, unexposed and fresh, with no preconceived notions or judgments. Thank you, and go on. Um, straight up, serious business. I would say to you, sir, just start with Fellowship of the Ring, then go watch The Two Towers, then watch Return of the King. And once you've watched those movies, then watch The Hobbit movies. Even though The Hobbit is... Yeah, watch them in order. I mean, that's that's the way to go. Um, <clears throat> the uh, I mean, The Lord of... See... Because my opinion on the Hobbit movie so far has not been the highest. I would say read The Hobbit and then watch The Lord of the Rings. It'll kind of freak you out a little bit. Um, there's no reason not to watch them in, in their release order. There's no reason to not uh, to not just enjoy them the way they, they came out. You're going to bump into, do you want theatrical or extended versions? Now, all the geeks in the room are going to say... Go with the extended versions. But I would say to you, sir, don't try to tackle the extended versions first. Just go with the theatrical releases. Fellowship of the Ring, The Two Towers, Return of the King. That's how. That's the order they come in. And if you like those, then watch the extended versions. And then go back and watch the Hobbit movies. So, there you go. Um, that's, that's all. And everyone in the chat saying the same thing. Just watch them in order. There's no reason not to. So, that's... That's our suggestion to you, Jacob. Um, all right, let's see what else we got here. Everything else pertains to the cartoon challenge that was put out on Twitter yesterday that kind of uh, became its own crazy big thing. So uh, before we jump into that, let's jump into some snippets. just a few snippets here to talk about on this episode number one harrison ford got hurt harrison ford is injured harrison ford is is down for the count and um i hope we see him walking with a cane everybody knows that no one is you know i mean we were shocked by the news when it happens but no one's shocked to hear it now uh and apparently what happened is a hydraulic door uh, he got caught up under it, landed on his ankle, and kind of gave it a sprain, or maybe, I don't know, a fracture or something. And they had to take him to the hospital to get it seen about. And so while he's recovering, they're going to be filming. 
and I believe um, I believe that uh, they're, they're filming without him and I believe that the hydraulic door that landed on him was actually from the Millennium Falcon which is ironic okay so you know he, the Falcon was like this time it is your fault Lando stepped out and was like it's not my fault it's not my fault Jason Momoa rumored to be Oh, sorry. Wait a second. <laughs> uh, snippet. Whoppa! Um, Jason Momoa rumored to be Aquaman in the Superman. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. It's Batman Five, Superman Dawn of Justice movie, and uh, Mylanta. Uh, could they? I mean, what is this thing? This is this is all very confusing to me. Apparently, he's going to be mad about. Everything that went on in the oceans when Zod attacked. So, tons of tons of stuff going down. Um, oh, I'm being told to say it right in the chat. Jason Momoa plays Aquaman. So, yeah, Aquaman is going to make an appearance, you know, allegedly, reportedly. Now, I, I've not seen anyone say this is confirmed. Uh, everything I've seen, you know, granted, I've not dug around too much on the internet about it. But everything I've bumped into is... Um, is all like rumored. Jason Momoa rumored to be um, to be Aquaman in Superman Five: Batman Dawn of Justice. So, I mean, Batman Superman Five. Wait, Batman Five: Superman Dawn of Justice. Batman Dawn of Justice. Superman Five. Five Batman Superman Dawn of Justice. Justice Five. Dot Superman Dawn of Batman. Yes, Justice Five. Superman Dawn of Batman. Aquaman will be making an appearance. Jason. Uh, what's did I say his name right first? Momoa, yeah, and he's gonna be Aquaman. So there, that's that's cool. That's pretty cool, I guess. It's good. It's good that Aquaman's in there. I feel like Aquaman gets a bad rap from everybody because Aquaman is, you know, he's not a wimp. He's not, you know, he's he's not lame like a lot of people say he is. He's actually a pretty cool character. If he wasn't, he wouldn't have been around this long. You look at when they used to show... I mean, and even back in the day when they used to show him riding around on his little seahorse, slinging balls of water at people under the water, uh, back in the old Filmation cartoons, he made an impact. So, you know, you got to give it up to Aquaman for being... having some staying power. Having, having, a, little bit of, having a little bit of staying power. Uh, snippet, here we go. Um, new Guardians of the Galaxer... Galaxer. Hmm. Easy for me to say. New Guardians of the Galaxy trailer uh, has been released. A UK version has been released for the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's not... It doesn't have that funny, fun element that a lot of them... That the other ones we've seen have had. In fact, it's got uh, much less of that. And more dialogue and stuff. There's some Rocket, Ra Rocket Raccoon talking and that sort of thing. And it gives just the teeniest bit of the story setup now not like it's not like it gives anything away but it just kind of kind of tells you helps you understand what you need to expect from the guardians of the galaxy movie uh these people being thrown together to save the galaxy so you know and and we don't hear the old uh i can't stop this feeling and it seems like they're getting ready to go into it but they never do uh, which is sad but it's okay i'm not going to play the audio because i don't 
I don't understand some people's views on spoilers. You know, I don't know. Well, real quick. Whoopa! Snippet, I don't understand people's views on spoilers sometimes. I feel like some people hear 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 something and they're like, well, that's a spoiler. You know, they hear a cast announcement. They're like, spoiler free. I'm spoiler free. Don't spoil this. Gosh, why are you spoiling things? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the, the spoilers, I don't know your spoiler rules. So instead of playing the audio from the trailer, because it may be a little spoilery for you, even though it's a trailer and it's not, um, I'm just going to leave it be. They do show some more of the characters that are going to be in there and that sort of thing. So, um, you know, that's, that is, that is that. And finally, snippet. Whoopa! Uh, Starkville Labs coming to the internet near you. Starkville Labs is uh, Derek Russell and myself talking all about the new Flash television show. And we are going to be recording our very first episode later tonight. So I'm pulling double duty. You know, we won't be doing it live. It, as far as I know, it won't be live. Um, but we will be recording Starkville Labs, the first episode, later tonight. And uh, we won't be spoiling anything. We won't be talking in depth about anything. Uh, but I will go ahead and give you a bit of a preview. I've seen, I have seen the Flash pilot. It is good. I am looking forward to the show. Having said that, I hope that you all will follow Starkville Labs on Twitter, like Starkville Labs on Facebook, and um, and listen to us when we release it. We we love your support and appreciate your support as we jump as we stick our toe into the uh, into the big into the big broad world of flash tv podcast because there are a ton of them so um i'm looking forward to reuniting with Derek, getting the band back together and just having a grand old time as we as we talk about uh, dc comics flash and the tv show that is currently uh scheduled to air in the fall on the cw before we jump into anything else, want to remind you guys, t-shirts are available. Geek Out Loud t-shirts are available. You can head over to geekoutonline.com and click on Gulliver's Store up at the top. That'll take you to where you can buy your Geek Out Loud t-shirt. Now, at this point in the show, I want to make a sincere pledge to you guys. I've got to sell the rest of these things in a bad way. So... Uh, they're great for gifts. Um, we've got all sizes except extra large available. I probably overstepped the need or the demand for them. I thought, you know, in the past we've sold 50 or so, and so that's that's about what I ordered. And well, big mistake on my part. Uh, did not <laughs> did not do um, did not quite work out the way I need to. Uh, I need to sell about 20 or 30 more, you know, I need, well, I need to sell out is what at this point I need to sell out. We've, um, we've had some, uh, had some stuff. So they are men's sizes, Jess. Um, they are, uh, small, we got small, medium, large. I know you need an XL, Daniel. I'm sorry. 
I tell you what's the truth. If I can get the rest of these sold, Dan, if you get on board, you're you're an incredibly creative guy. If you get on board with getting the rest of these sold, I'm talking to someone in the chat, to those of you who listen to the podcast. I feel like uh, it's like Rush Limbaugh when he's talking to that guy that's not really in studio. Daniel, if you'll get on board and make everybody order a t-shirt of their size, then we can get extra large. That's just how it works. It's capitalism. We got to have money to make money. So, or we got to have money to spend money to make t-shirts basically. So, anyhow, um but we are we're definitely uh wanting to do more t-shirts and stuff and have more ideas but if you know if this particular one doesn't go well then all of those ideas are getting shelved so you know help us out we'd appreciate your help appreciate your support and it helps get the word out about geek out loud and that sort of thing so we appreciate your support with that now let's talk about what we came here to talk about this earlier this week um well it's tuesday so yesterday monday uh we tweeted out on the on the geek out loud twitter uh this um let me see i'm going to read the tweet uh here's something new goal challenge you decide to program four hours of saturday morning cartoons to watch weekly what do you choose i you know i didn't I didn't realize how um, I didn't realize how big a deal every how big this was going to take off, and it did take off in a bigger way than I would have thought it would. So we're actually going to take some time right now and uh, and talk talk a little Saturday morning cartoons. and caring, faithful and friendly with stories to share. All through the forest they sing out in chorus, marching along as their song fills the air. Gummy bears, bouncing here and there and everywhere. Now the reason I play the gummy bears as a transitional thing is because it's, I don't know, I, of all the cartoons I used to watch back in the days, I really associate gummy bears with Saturday morning cartoons. It was one of the earliest ones on when it came on NBC back in the day. And uh, it would kind of kick off the day for me. That's what would... Gummy Bears would kick off Saturday mornings. Um, and I really enjoyed... My, as a kid, who didn't? If you grew up in the, in, the air, in the era of Saturday morning cartoons, then you completely dug Saturday morning cartoons. Saturday was like... Saturday mattered as a kid you know because not only was it a situation where there wasn't any school but it was a situation where some of the best tv ever was on and for a tv little for a tv watching little butterball like myself my lanta did i love 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 saturday morning cartoons now back in the day um when the networks would get ready to launch their fall uh lineup of saturday morning cartoons and we've talked about this before on friday night all of them, the Friday night before, all of them would have these preview shows. And they would have stars from some of the various shows that they had on their network, some of their primetime shows. Uh, they'd have them promoting the cartoons that would be shown the next day. And, I mean, this was one of those situations, guys, where 
animation companies, Disney, Filmation, Hanna-Barbera, Warner Brothers, Hanna-Barbera especially, would just throw anything at the wall and see what sticks. They were, whatever the, the trend was, whatever the popular thing was, they would try to make a cartoon about it. It was a wonderful time to be alive. It was a wonderful time to be alive. And uh, Alicia in the chat keeps saying who won the challenge. It wasn't really a, hey, someone's going to win this. It wasn't a contest. It was a challenge. And um, it was just to kind of challenge you to do something and fun and have fun. I don't know. I see people doing it all the time. And I thought, well, I'll try this out and see how this works. So I don't, everything's a contest. All right. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Uh, we're going to read through these uh, entries and see where everyone stands jimmy in georgia emailed us in he says it's hard to narrow down to only eight shows you're talking about four hours of programming so you're talking about eight shows eight 30 minute shows he starts at 8 a.m with muppet babies rolls into the flintstones that's an interesting choice to me the flintstones very interesting saturday morning cartoon choice because to me um and understand i separate the saturday morning cartoons from from cartoons that were in syndication and would come on every day. And the Flintstones, when I was growing up, was not something you'd see on Saturday mornings. And so that's an interesting choice to me. 9 a.m. Animaniacs. 9.30 a.m. DuckTales. Same thing with those and the 10 a.m. Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Um, those are three cartoons that I don't necessarily associate with Saturday mornings because Animaniacs came on weekdays, as did DuckTales. And Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? I guess there was like the Scooby-Doo and Kids, but it came on. Jimmy goes on to... And look, understand too... Everything within me wants to stop and spend 30 minutes talking about the Muppet Babies. Everything within me wants to stop and, and talk about the Flintstones and call James Arnold Taylor and get him to come on and do Fred. Everything within me wants to talk about the Animaniacs and just how great the Animaniacs were. One of the bigger things to come out of Animaniacs was Pinky and the Brain. And everyone's like, oh, I used to love that cartoon. I never, I don't know that I ever watched the actual cartoon of Pinky and Brain. I just saw the Pinky and the Brain shorts that were featured uh, in the Animaniacs when they would have, because you know, the Animaniacs was like a, uh, an anthology show where they would just have little shorts of, of different characters that they had, and you hope to see your favorite, you know, uh, when you were watching during the day. And now this is, and this is me as a teenager watching Animaniacs and loving it. DuckTales, I watched as a kid and dug completely. Scooby Doo, where are you? Let's talk about the guest stars they used to have on Scooby-Doo. Uh, now, here is a huge, huge, big Saturday morning cartoon in my life. At 10.30 a.m., Jimmy on uh, WJimmy in Georgia would play, WJIG uh, would play, the jig would play Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Spider-Man and his amazing friends is a fascinating cartoon to watch because it is so weird to watch these characters team up you're talking about a character who who was actually created for the tv show firestar who made it into the comics eventually and iceman from the x-men and spider-man you never saw these people team up in the comics of course firestar was new to uh to the superhero universe anyway but you never saw like spider-man and iceman go off and be buds and they would they had interactions with all of these supervillains. The X-Men showed up in a couple of episodes. Really interesting stuff. 11 a.m., the real Gustbusters. Gutbusters, the real Ghostbusters. And 11.30 a.m., Star Wars, the Clone Wars. Great lineup. I mean, that's a lineup that I could get behind on a Saturday morning. 
Honorable mentions go to G.I. Joe, The Jetsons, Pinky and the Brain, The Transformers, and Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated. And that's from Jimmy in Georgia. That's a, that's a, I mean, like all of these shows we could take time, as I said, just to sit and talk about. This comes from Michael High Nip. Now, this is interesting because Michael pulls out a few classics from the get-go. Uh, 8 a.m., Michael says, all those is a dawning challenge. I'll do my best. 8 a.m., Wacky Races. 8.30 a.m., Laugh Olympics. Those are two of the best crossover cartoons in the universe. And I remember these things not from Saturday morning cartoons because I'm too young, but I remember them from uh, the Cartoon Express on USA Network. Anybody remember the Cartoon Express? I do. And they would have the Wacky Races and the Laugh Olympics. Hanna-Barbera characters in all of these different scenarios. Uh, 9 o'clock, Animaniacs. Animaniacs has made it now on two lists. And I think that is telling about that show. We'll see how many more. It's going to be interesting to see how many repeats we get. Uh, 9.30, Tiny Toons. At 10, Gummy Bears. Which, again, Gummy Bears is worth talking about. Chippendales Rescue Rangers at 10.30. And then he hits... I don't know if he means this in his heart of hearts, but he hits Droids and Ewoks in that 11 to 12 slot. Those are two really, you know... Those are two cartoons that don't have... Um, that don't have the best reputation in the world. A lot of people like to make fun of the Ewoks, and a lot of people uh, like to make fun of droids. Uh, droids had a really cool opening theme song, though, more than the Ewoks did. I really always dug, I, I like the droids opening theme song. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick and, uh, and play it. Um, Trouble again. That's how it went. cool things about droids was when it opened up you saw b wings and a wings uh, boba fett was in there it was really um <clears throat> really cool to open up and then and then you got into the show and it's a, you know not the best in the world but it's good it's good stuff anthony daniels did the voice of c-3po of course but i thought that was an interesting choice that he that he took droids and ewoks rather than jimmy did this and so did several others with the clone wars stuck the clone wars back on a saturday morning and this comes from Christopher Tichenon. He says, I only pick network-run shows in the 80s, not syndicated shows like G.I. Joe or Transformers. From 8 to 9 a.m., Saturday Supercade. Now, someone needs to wiki Saturday Supercade because I'm, I'm, it's one of two things. Uh, it's, either, uh, it's either the stuff with like Captain in the Game Master and um, 
No, it's exactly what I thought it was and hoped it was. Thank you so much, Christopher Titchenell. Here is the Saturday. Uh, see if we can pull up the opening here. The Dukes, weekdays at 4 on KCTV 5. The Duke Boys. Here we go. It's showing all these characters. The Saturday Super K, the, the audio here on this thing is horrible, so I'm not going to make you keep listening to it. But um, but it had Donkey Kong, Cubert, um, the uh, the the guys, not uh, not the Dungeons and Dragons, Dragon's Lair uh, characters, and so many others. And it was um, and it was and what it was was it was these it was it were cartoons. It were it was cartoons based on these popular video games and arcade games. This was in 1984. This was in the early 80s. Big big deal back in the day. Uh, 10 a.m. or 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, gummy Bears and the Snorks roll in that hour. Uh, Snorks, first mention of the Snorks, second mention, I believe, of the Gummy Bears. So, Gummy Bears and Animaniacs hanging around there. The Snorks were, uh, they're not the poor man Smurfs. The Snorks were underwater Smurfs. And they were really interesting um, to watch. They had the little horns come out of their head. They, of course, had the I mean, you know, all these cartoons were the same in some ways and different in others. It was same characters just drawn differently or put in different situations a lot of times. But the Snorks were ones that I couldn't miss. I enjoyed the Snorks. They were more colorful than the Smurfs, and they had more girls than the Smurfs. Uh, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., Thundar and Blackstar. Now, Thundar the Barbarian is a different animal than what Blackstar was. Thundar, I think, in Thundar old school, someone correct me if I'm wrong, Thundar, I believe, is old, old school um, uh, Hanna-Barbera. Or maybe not. Or maybe, but it was definitely a Saturday morning cartoon from around 1980. Yes, this was definitely Saturday morning. The Barbarian. Sorry about that high-pitched whine there coming through on this. From out of space comes a runaway planet. Yes. Thundar the Barbarian with Ookla the Mock. Uh, it was definitely Ookla the Mock, especially was in, the, in his little light sword. Definitely homages. We'll say homages to be nice um, to uh, to that Thundar the Barbarian. Black Star was a filmation show, I believe. No, I'm thinking Brave Star. What was Black Star? Okay, let's see what we got here. Um, I don't see. I think he might have meant Brave Star. Because I'm not finding anything to do with Black Star. Uh, let's see. Mm. No, I don't see. I don't see. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pretend he means Brave Star from. Um, but, he, but Chris will probably get in touch with. Just is he in the chat? Same. Uh, nope. 1980. Jack Kirby did the design. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm not familiar with Blackstar then. Maybe I should be. Let me see if I can do this. I, I want to find it because if I see it, I might be rem remember remembering it. I might be remembering it again. Oh, there it is. Found it. Found it. Glade believes. No, nope, Glade doesn't believe that for me. <laughs> I don't want to know what you believe, Glade. Here we go. Yes! Yes! 
ancient alien universe. Trapped on the planet Sagar, Black Star is rescued by the tiny Trobit people. Yep. In turn, he now this was filmation. Yes, okay. I remember that now. I, I, I never I don't know that I ever watched it. Um, but it was definitely uh it was a Saturday morning cartoon, Black Star. Sorry for the confusion there for a minute. Now, wait a minute. Then Christopher Titchenel blows my freaking mind with this um this little ditty Kid Video is a cartoon about, and it starts with these real live actors being a little rock band, and they're practicing, and then all of a sudden, here comes someone from the other realm. Listen to this. <laughs> I'm taking you to the flip side. To the flip side. <laughs> That's a little fairy that would sneeze and do magic stuff. And so they end up with a flying car and all this other stuff. But they end up as cartoons. Kid video. That's kid with two D's, ladies and gentlemen. So, uh, from my video to my radio. And then also in that 11 to 12 slot after kid video, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Featuring Pee Wee Herman. You can't, listen, Pee Wee's Playhouse was something special. You can't get away from that. This thing carried over to the Facebook, uh, and I posted uh, posted some stuff on Facebook here. Uh, M. Brian Lake says on Facebook from 8 to 8.30, Bugs Bunny and Looney Tunes. I've had several people, I've talked to some people in real life, and, and they were like, you got to have Looney Tunes in there. And I remember ABC used to show the Looney Tunes on Saturday mornings. Uh, at 8.30 to 9, the Smurfs. 9 to 9.30, Scooby-Doo, 9.30 to 10, Fat Albert, 10 to 10.30. And here's where some of the uh, some of the superhero stuff comes in, starts entering in these things. Justice League Unlimited, 10.30 to 11, Young Justice, 11 to 11.30, Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, 11.30 to noon, Star Wars, The Clone Wars. And that's the second time we're getting a Clone Wars reference there. And it won't be the last, and it won't be the last time uh, that we hear the Justice League stuff come about either. Dylan Newhouse gives his rundown, and there's an amazing moment in the middle of this. Droids, Ewoks, which we've talked a little bit about. Rubik's Cube. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar, there was literally, literally a Rubik's Cube 
cartoon. He was called Rubik's the Magic Cube. And when he was fixed just right, he was like magical. He's almost like a cosmic cube. He could do anything. And, uh, and the kids carried him around, and sometimes he'd get jumbled up, and they'd have to fix him real fast. And, uh, and it was just a magic cube, Rubik's the Magic Cube. It was, it was short-lived. I believe it came on NBC. NBC was really kind of a... Uh, uh, to me, I remember them doing, taking more risk with some of their stuff. Because NBC had like t- uh, Turbo Teen and, um, and and that sort of thing. Let me see if I can pull up the uh, Rubik's the Amazing Cube. Let me see if this is it. Rubik, yes, Ruby, Ruby the Amazing Cube. And I think you talk like this. Let's see. Hello, my name is Rubik. My name is Rubik. Rubik in Wonderland. Yeah, so I didn't have the full intro. But uh, but there's there's episodes of Rubik the Amazing Cube on YouTube, so check them out. I mean, it's worth checking out one little episode to kind of get a gist for what that show was all about. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Gummy Bears, Garfield and Friends, and there's the Looney Tunes. See, Looney Tunes are going to factor in big time now. They were a big part of people's uh, Saturday mornings. Never a big part of my Saturday mornings. I always dug the adventure cartoons more than anything, and Muppet Babies. Jesse Colbert. Good friend chimes in. Says at 8 o'clock, Rocky and Bullwinkle. 8.30, Muppet Babies. 9 o'clock, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Now, here's my thing. He also throws in at 9.30, Transformers. Here's the thing about He-Man and Transformers. I never viewed these as Saturday morning cartoons. They came on daily. They came on Monday through Friday. So I never saw them as like Saturday morning cartoons. Number 10, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 10.30, X-Men. A lot of people dug the old Fox X-Men cartoon. And uh, Jesse, I know my friend Jesse is one of those. And here's the first time mentioned Batman the Animated animated, animated Series at 11 and 11.30 Dungeons and Dragons. And he says, although if puppet shows are considered cartoons, I would totally include Fraggle Rock and The Muppet Show. Well, let me throw this out at you. There was a Fraggle Rock cartoon on NBC. Boom. Boom goes the dynamite. How about that? Did I just blow your mind with that? Lynn Rich chimes in. Here's some more Looney Tunes. 8 a.m. DuckTales. 8.30. Super Friends at 9. I can't believe it took like five people, six people to get to Super Friends. 9.30. Mask. And see, Mask is another one. Mask came on weekday mornings. Uh, I used to watch it getting ready to go to school. And so Mask was not a cartoon I consider Saturday morning cartoon. 10 a.m. Transformers. 10.30, G.I. Joe, 11 a.m., Gargoyles, and 11.30 a.m., The Clone Wars. And there's a third mention for The Clone Wars. <clears throat> Michael John Petty, 8 to 9 a.m., Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Was that an hour-long cartoon? Because I thought I remembered that. Um, I really, I, I do think I remember Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, being an hour long. Anyhow, um, or maybe he just wants the old double tap on that. Uh, 9 to 9.30, X-Men, the animated series. 9.30 to 10, Challenge of the Super Friends. And this is where people start getting specific. Someone else will get really specific about it, too. Challenge of the Super Friend is, Banded together from remote parts of the galaxy come the most fearsome villains the world has ever known. And then they introduce the Super Friends. Um, 10 to 10.30, Batman, the animated series, which is going to get a lot more love in this. 10.30 to 11, Spectacular Spider-Man. Spectacular Spider-Man is an underrated cartoon that did not get a long enough lifespan. 11 to 12, Young Justice and Justice League alternate every week. 
I wish I had a lot more time. I'd also add Legion of Superheroes, Powerpuff Girls, Johnny Bravo, Looney Tunes, Scooby-Doo, Mystery Incorporated, Static Shock, Wolverine, the X-Men, and Teen Titans, and a lot more, apparently. Um, <clears throat> Adam Pattinson says, Garfield and Friends. Now, did you guys ever watch Garfield and Friends? That was a good show back in the day. That was a really good show back in the day, was uh, was Garfield and Friends. It was fun. I won't say it was really good. It was fun, because of the, and it wasn't so much the Garfield stuff as the and Friends, because they had like the, the U.S. farm animals or whatever it was. Uh, that were pretty funny. Heathcliff, which is uh, the poor man's Garfield. I don't know. I'm not sure. Captain in the Game Master. Now, Adam is from, obviously, a time of video games. Not like the time from video games that I'm from, where you could watch Pac-Man on, on TV or Qbert. Uh, but he's from that Nintendo game. Now, Captain in was another one where someone from the real world got sucked into the cartoon world. In this case, it was a dude playing the Nintendo and he got sucked in, and the bad guys were the Mother Brain, and her minions were the Eggplant Wizard, and King Hippo from Punch-Out, Eggplant Wizard from Kid Icarus, uh, King Hippo from Punch-Out, and feels like there was one more that helped her out. But uh, Captain N teamed up with, um, it was a princess, but it wasn't Zelda. And I don't know that it was like Peach or Daisy or whoever's from the Mario universe, it was just the princess. Uh, Kid Icarus was there. Uh, Pitt was his name. Was Mega Man part of that little team? I think Mega Man was part of that little team. And uh, Simon from Castlevania were all involved in, in Captain and the Game Master. Super Mario Brothers Super Show, a show that I never really got to know, but I've got a friend that's like, I, need, I want that... I want that as my ringtone. Darkwing Duck. I've talked about my love for Darkwing Duck before. DuckTales, Clone Wars, and Star Wars Rebels. Adam Pattinson going into the future grab. Grabbing some shows that haven't aired yet. Uh, Jeffrey Long says, if Gargoyles isn't on at least one person's list, it's being done wrong. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I never really watched Gargoyles that much. That's a confession I should make here now. that I, I enjoyed... Um, I enjoyed the, uh, the the Darkwing Duck. I like Goof Troop. I like DuckTales. I like all that Disney stuff. And I just never really watched Gargoyles. I've heard all kinds of good things about it. Doc Zen says, we will wait. Um, Dewey the Mailman says, so was Cops. Cops was not a good show. The fighting crime in a future time. It wasn't that great, Dewey. I hate to break your heart, buddy, but it wasn't. It really wasn't. Um, so I have a new assignment. I've got to watch Gargoyles. Wayne Lee chimes in, and I'm really excited about Wayne Lee's thing because this is what really got, some of this stuff is what made, I was thinking about some of the stuff he mentions, and it's what got me to post this on Twitter. 8 to 8.30 DuckTales, 8.30 to 9, Johnny Quest. Now, Johnny Quest, growing up, it would come on in syndication uh, I would. It, it was weird. I would watch it sometimes during the summer because that's when I got. Because all of these stations, these network stations or these UHF stations, would show these cartoons during the day when I would normally be at school. But when we were home for the summer, and they'd be on and be like, "Oh, what is this?" And it were these old cartoons from like the late '60s. Johnny Quest was one of those. wasn't a big fan of. But from nine to nine thirty, Wayne Lee has the Herculoids, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with the Herculoids or not. I don't know how this family ended up on this planet or who else is there with them that might be human. 
But you got a family of humans, and you got a, a, a rhinoceros dinosaur-looking thing that shoots ping-pong balls out of its horn. You got a big uh, stone gorilla, and you got Gleep and Gloop, the two these these uh, basically balls of jello with eyeballs. And um, it was it was good stuff. It was good stuff, and I liked it. And all those, I love the. The theme songs to all of those 60s TV shows, those 60s cartoons, they were really kind of jazzy, you know, kind of peppy. Um, let me see if I can play uh, the Herculoids opening theme and see if, if I'm thinking right. Herculoids intro. Here we go. 1967. Oh, there was also a long-necked dinosaur flying thing that shoot that shot out that shot beams out of its eyes and tail. There's Gleep and Gloop, and there's the barbarian man springing around vines, and there's the wife and son. I don't remember any of their names. It was kind of like Kazar. And they fought all these bad guys. It was right around the same time you had like your Space Ghost stuff happening. But you get all the sound effects happening in this while they're showing stuff. The Herculoids, but no voiceover. Nothing like that. Just, just pure stuff. Um, it was a cool show. Uh, it... Herculoids was uh, was great. It was the show where the moon was broken in half and magic rose on Earth. Uh, they did a did they do a Herculoid Space Ghost crossover? I never saw that. I'm missing out on so much. Uh, Wayne Lee goes on to say 9:30 to 10, Thundar the Barbarian. 9:10 to 10:30, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. 10:30 to 11, Batman the Animated Series. 11 to 12, Looney Tunes. Troy Westfall chimes in. Troy says 8 to 9, Looney Tunes. 9 to 9:30. Space Ghost! Now, see, now these guys are getting into a realm of this Hanna-Barbera stuff that really um, mattered. See, what they on the, on the Cartoon Network on Adult Swim, they really kind of... I don't, I don't know how to say what I want to say. But they, they cheapened what these, some of these cartoon characters really were back in the day. Nineteen sixty six Space Ghost Hanna Barbera and Space Ghost had like recurring villains and stuff in some of this stuff too. It wasn't like just a weird different adventure. There were some villains that would recur every now and again, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, as I say. But these old six they're they're fascinating to watch and they're really interesting to see. And um and it and it's really the the purple. What was the purple monkey in Space Ghost's name? He wasn't Gleek like Gleek from Super Friends, was he? And he wasn't a purple monkey in Space Ghost. He was just a regular looking monkey. The purple monkey was Gleek from Super Friends, 
You had Gleek and the Super Friends. We're continuing on in this list. Uh, Captain N from 10, 9.30 to 10, 10 to 10.30, G.I. Joe, 10.30, 11, uh, Transformers, and that 11 uh, uh, slot, Super Friends, and the 11.30 slot, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Uh, Lime Allen chimes in, 8 to 8.30, Space Stars. Now, I don't know, I don't know that I know Space Stars. There's an intro here, 1981. Oh... I do kind of remember this now. They're on like little scooters, space scooters. Space stars. Oh my gosh! Yes, it's it's the '80s version of all of the these greats. I do remember this. Blast off on adventures as big as the cosmos itself. The space Ghost. Poised on the edge of time with Space Ghost and his young friends. Straight through the universe with Space Ace, Astro, and the Space Mutts as they spring into action. And somewhere deep in space, Super Danger threatens the Teen Force. The Teen Force, they all have these sleds that they would turn into things. I do remember this. In their new battles to preserve peace on the planet Quasar. The now, planet Quasar. For 60 laser blasting minutes of action, adventure, fun on space stars. Oh my Lanta, I want space stars now. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, space stars, 22, thanks to the Admiral in the chat, 22 space ghost segments appeared on Space Stars in 1981. The episodes introduced a new assortment of villains, including an evil version of Space Ghost named Space Spectre. Who came from an alternate universe? His spaceships, the Phantom Cruiser, was also given a sleeker, more modernized look. As in the original series, Space Ghost often came to the aid of the Herculoids and vice versa. They also free- frequently crossed paths with the Teen Force. It appeared that Jan and Teen Force member Kid Comet were dating as well. Gary Owens reprised his role as Space Ghost, but Tim Matheson was replaced by Steve J. Spears as the voice of Jace. Jenny Tyler was replaced by Alexander Stewart as the voice of Jan. And Don Messick was replaced by Frank Welker as the vocal effects for blip was the name of that good night that is so cool space stars is on dvd now i gotta save my money i've got to just not eat for like years because they have all they have a lot of this old stuff on dvd and i just want to get it i just want to get it on dvd i just want you know just to start just to start programming my own saturday mornings um <clears throat> Anyhow, Lime Allen continues. The 8.30 to 9, Centurions. 9 to 9.30, Mask. That's Mobile Armored Strike Command. 9.30, G.I. Joe. 10, Transformers. 10.30, He-Man. 11, uh, Visionaries. Which I never got into the Visionary stuff. 11.30, Shazam. I like to keep it older because of the quality, says Lime. In my opinion, uh, it declined in the animation as we got closer to the present. Old school animation, specifically. Uh, when we get to the CGI technology, sure, I can give a little, but I don't consider those cartoons. Thus, the list above is what I consider cartoons. I love the list, Lime. I love it. Allison Wiggins chimes in. Captain Caveman! Captain Caveman was a fun show, by the way. Uh, Laugh Olympics. Danny Phantom. Dexter's Laboratory. Power Powder Puff Girls. Now, the power... Is it powder? Not power. Power Puff Girls. Uh, they're coming back. They've got a new show coming back. The Flintstones, Scooby-Doo, Grape Ape. Oh, I knew Grape Ape from uh, Cartoon uh, Express as well. 
Avatar. What is Avatar? Is there an Avatar cartoon? No. Oh, Avatar, like the last airbender. I gotcha. Okay. Uh, Justice League and Fat Albert. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, And uh, Dave Jones from Mark Out Loud. Eight, Scooby-Doo. 8.30, DuckTales. Nine, Batman, the animated series. 9.30, Justice League Unlimited. Ten, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. 10.30, Transformers. It's Generation 1 he's talking about. 11, The Clone Wars. Uh, 11.30, The Clone Wars. He's got an hour block of The Clone Wars. Dwayne Smith chimes in. Here's the Looney Tunes again at 8 a.m. An hour of it because at 9, it's the Smurfs. 9.30, Justice League. Wonder Twin episodes only. In other words, Super Friends. The episodes with the Wonder Twins, Zan and Jaina. And their Super Monkey Gleek. 10 o'clock, Land of the Lost. Sorry, it's live action. He says, it's fine. That's a, some good old-fashioned, um, uh, those people. Marty and Sid and Marty Croft. Uh, 10.30, Clone Wars. 11, Tarzan? Really? That's... It's an interesting one. No one else has said Tarzan. Um, and 11.30 Rebels. Another one to pull through the future from old Dwayne. Drew Spherical Man Janako. Eight Wacky Races. 8.30 Looney Tunes. More Looney People loving the Looney Tunes. I don't have the Saturday morning love for Looney Tunes. A lot of people do. I like the Looney Tunes in the evening. I really do. To me, the Looney Tunes are like a 6, 6.30 cartoon. Looney Tunes are like eat your supper and watch it kind of cartoon. Uh, 9 o'clock, Muppet Babies. 9.30, Tailspin. 10 o'clock, Darkwing Duck. 10.30, The Real Ghostbusters. 11 o'clock, Freakazoid. Freakazoid came out around that same time as the old Animaniacs. Anyone remember the Freakazoid? It was another one of those throwback cartoons. In the early 90s, they really did. Warner Brothers did these cartoons. It really felt like throwbacks to some of the older Looney Tunes stuff. And 11.30, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. A lot of turtles love. Rusty Allison chimes in. 8 o'clock, Super Friends. 8.30, Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Uh, 9 o'clock, Fat Albert. Loving some, people loving some Fat Albert, too. Fat Albert, to me, because I only saw it you know, later on when it would be on every day, was always more of an everyday kind of show to me. Um, 10 o'clock, Looney Tunes. More Looney Tunes love. 10.30, Land of the Lost. 11 o'clock, Captain Marvel, Shazam. Is that that live-action Shazam? That's the second time this has been mentioned. Is that the live-action one where they had, like, the cartoon wizards? Is that what you guys are talking about? Because that was not good. Uh, 11... <laughs> and 11.30, The Clone Wars. Rusty chimes in. He says, wow, that was harder than I thought. Of course, you could do a complete lineup of Sid and Marty Croft, and you have my undivided attention for the entire morning. Well, the Admiral chimes in. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, followed by Muppet Babies, rolling into Freakazoid, which we just mentioned. Freakazoid, Freakazoid. Uh, Gargoyles, Tiny Toons, Rocky and Bullwinkle. It's Moose and Squirrel. Uh, The Simpsons. The Simpsons? I got to call Fowl right now on Alicia Pettit, on The Admiral. I got to call, got to call Fowl. The Simpsons is not a Saturday morning cartoon. The Simpsons is a Sunday night cartoon. I'm sorry. Now, look, that's fine that you did this. This is your Saturday mornings we're dealing with. So if you want it on Saturday mornings, that's fine. That's fine. You know what? This is this is a totally safe place to geek out. I'm just saying I don't. I never considered them something to be shown on a Saturday morning. But I'll tell you what I did consider to be shown on a Saturday morning. Her final pick here, 
the tick. I don't know that anyone else picked the tick. That's a weird statement. But Alicia did, the Admiral did, and the tick was an incredibly great cartoon. It was funny and fun all at the same time. John Michael Swinimer. He is rocking some stuff here. Check this out because he puts the years behind it. Birdman and the Galaxy Trio. Birdman! Uh, from 1967. The 1967 Space Ghost at 8.30. 9 a.m. Underdog. Uh, from 67, of course. The 68 Spider-Man at 9.30. Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. That that cartoon really was actually pretty good. They did a lot of fun things on there once they got on into it. Um, Super Friends from 73. This is the original Super Friends, I'm assuming. Um, let's see if we can pull that up. I, we hear it all the time. We hear a mixed version of the Super Friends theme. But that first ever Super Friends intro uh, from 1973 was actually pretty cool to me. This was had the Marvin and Wendy... The Wonder Dogs, uh, Marvin, Wendy, and the Wonder Dog. Not they weren't all Wonder Dogs, um, but it was it was the first incarnation of the Super Friends, and uh, it was just Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman. And I don't know if they had guests on every now and again. Well, Batman and Robin. In the great hall of the Justice League, there are assembled the world's four greatest heroes, created from the cosmic legends of the universe. Superman. Superman. Wonder Woman. Batman. Aquaman. Aquaman. And those three junior super friends, Wendy, Marvin, and Wonder Dog. Their mission, to fight injustice, to right that which is wrong, and to serve all mankind. Uh, I'm sorry, that theme is just good stuff. It is some really good stuff. Um, but, so, Super Friends from 73 at 10, he says... 11 a.m. Return to the Planet of the Apes. Wow. I am blown away by that pick. And then 11.30 a.m., the only, like, mo the most modern thing he's got, Batman the Animated Series. John Michael Swinner, I think, if there were awards given out, I think John Michael Swinner gets the award for the most intriguing. And the uh, he his would be the one that I would sit probably and watch the longest. Um... And just kind of stay with it, just for those older cartoons. I don't, you know, they're before my time, but I still am just drawn to for some reason. Daniel Sperry has two words, Turbo Teen. A show that I enjoyed as a kid, and I never questioned the premise, but now as an adult, it really makes me feel weird. Heidi Jenkins chimes in. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original. DuckTales, Animaniacs, Thundercats. This is the first Thundercats we've had mentioned. He-Man, She-Ra, Transformers, and Looney Tunes. Man. Jorge charms in. He says, 8 o'clock, Transformers, Generation 1, 8.30, the Dino Riders. Dino Riders a little bit after my time. 
9 o'clock, Masters of the Universe. 9.30, Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. This is a cartoon that's come on in the past few years that they scrapped for the Avengers Assembles cartoon, Avengers Assembled cartoon. And I'm telling you what, Avengers, Earth, Mightiest Heroes, I think it's still on Netflix, one of the best superhero cartoons in recent memory. It was so good. They did so much right in that cartoon. 10 o'clock, Wolverine and the X-Men. 10.30, Superman, the animated series. 11 o'clock, Dragon Ball Z, the first person to mention Dragon Balls. Um, 11.30, Clone Wars. Jad Bean chimes in four hours of the tick. <laughs> That's a good Saturday morning cartoon lineup right there. Michael Prince says Muppet Babies, Rugrats, Doug, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Transformers, G.I. Joe, Captain Planet, boom, and he forgot one. Um, I guess, yeah, I mean, very 90s heavy. The Muppet Babies I can get behind, G.I. Joe and Transformers again. I just don't see those as Saturday morning. Captain Planet is a Sunday afternoon cartoon. Um, <clears throat> Captain Planet is a Sunday afternoon cartoon. I remember it came on before Sunday night's main event, WCW on Sundays um, Ryan Hoffman and again he's and, and this is funny because like there's a lot of this 90s stuff I just don't really know that well the wild thornberries at 8 o'clock he would put tailspin at 8.30 ah real monsters ah real monsters at 9 9.30 ducktails 10 o'clock darkwing duck 9.30 the real ghostbusters 11 o'clock batman the animated series and he would follow that up with batman beyond it's just real interesting to just hear these names, these cartoon names thrown out, and to kind of see where all the threads lie. You do one of those graphs where all the circles loop over to see where everyone meets up. Doc Zen chimes in. 8 a.m. DuckTales. 8.30 Darkwing Duck. That's a good hour um, mashup there in that hour slot. The, the DuckTales and the Darkwing Duck. They're, they've got the Launchpad McQuack connection. 9 o'clock, The Real Ghostbusters. 9.30, The Ghostbusters. See what he's doing here? 10 o'clock, Silverhawks. 10.30, Mask. Interesting. Uh, 11 o'clock, Gummy Bears. 11.30, Animaniacs. 12 would start the cartoon movie of the day, i.e. G.I. Joe movie. Cartoon movies, not the new live action ones. I hear you, man. That's a good... That's an interesting lineup. and that I feel like there was a lot of thought put into that. Not just what do I really like, but how would this lineup look and feel. Doc Zen says the Ghostbusters, real Ghostbusters, are two different shows. If you're talking about the filmation Ghostbusters, Doc Zen, are you still in the chat? Um, are you talking about, I know the real Ghostbusters, ABC, and it was like based on the movies, but the Ghostbusters, is that the filmation show where they went over to the other dimension, they fought Primeval and the little skeleton guy, and, um, and that sort of thing. Let's go, Ghostbusters. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, no, Ghostbusters, the cartoon, came on the 80s. Uh, it was more of a live-action deal back in the 70s. So they had a talking car. That's right. They did have a talking car. And this was the sons of the guys from the 70s, from the one in 1975. So I don't remember another. There was extreme Ghostbusters. Anyhow, continuing on. Um... Oh, the Extreme Ghostbusters. The one. Wait, that's the one I meant. Extreme Ghostbusters or the Filmation Ghostbusters? The songs. Let's go, Ghostbusters. Let's go. Let's go. The Suns. Okay, yeah. I know. I'm with you. I'm with you, Doc Zen. 
I'm totally with you. I'm, I used to watch that. That came on every day. I used to watch it every day. Uh, Jess Becker says, Gargoyles, Beast Wars. I was talking to someone about Beast Wars last night because they were making fun of it. They were making fun of the fact of how it looked and said it was cheesy. Um, and in that it didn't... Um, and that it didn't... Uh, what am I trying to say here? That it just didn't look right. They were making fun of the animation style. And my point to them was... Yeah, you know what? The animation style doesn't hold up compared to some of the stuff we've seen today. But the storytelling, especially toward the end, got so compelling. And I don't mean the Beast Machine stuff. I mean that first that Beast Wars where they got into like the Ark and like the Decepticon ship and all that other stuff. Where you find out that these guys had traveled back in time and crash landed on Earth while the other Transformers who had crashed on Earth or maybe they didn't travel back in time. The point is this: it was back. It was before the Transformers G One, but it was different Transformers. While the other Transformers were still on Earth, or either it was deep in the future, I don't remember. But the point is, it was crazy and deep. Uh, Jess goes on to say, Batman Beyond, uh, Doug X Men Evolution reboot. I don't know if I know what reboot is. Dexter's Lab, and he says, I have so many more. I would love to include, but these are the ones that I loved when I was younger. All right. Justin Wiseman, Luke Skywalker, Texas Ranger, Looney Tunes, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. So an hour of Looney Tunes. 9 a.m. DuckTales. 9.30, Darkwing Duck. That's a good pairing. I feel like that's a good pairing. Uh, 10, Batman, the animated series. 10.30, Batman Beyond. And 11 to 12, doing some Justice League stuff. So a lot of people getting into that Bruce Tim universe with that stuff. And Richard Brookman closes us out with... Tom and Jerry, followed by the Looney Tunes, then into Chip 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 and Dale's Rescue Rangers. Then to, from there to Gargoyles, which I've never seen, as I said, number five, Johnny Quest, then to Batman, and then Spider-Man and his amazing friends, and then Battle of the Planets, Gatcha Man. That's a, not a lot. I was really surprised at the lack of anime um, mentioned in all the lists that we have. I was really surprised... Um, I was really surprised to see uh, that there weren't there weren't more of these things like, <clears throat> excuse me, Battle of the Planets or the Dragon Ball Z. Which understand, I'm not a fan of the Dragon Ball Z stuff. I, it's fine if you are. I'm not like well, you're stupid for liking that. It's just not my stuff. Um, sorry, Jess. She, um, I called Jess a he, and Jess is a she. I'm so sorry, Jess. I'm sorry. Sorry. Now I feel ashamed. Now I know what I. Now you know what I need to do? I need an apology. I need I need my friend Daniel Lennon to write me a good apology. Because <laughs> he is perfect at writing apologies. <laughs> um no, real quick, let me let me do this. Um I just want to apologize to Jess because several times on the show I referred to Jess as a he, and Jess is not a he. Jess is a she. I said him and I meant her, but I didn't know that. Because you see, when you're doing these things live and people have pictures and their little 
screens are very tiny and you can't really tell what's going on but that's no excuse I need to do my homework and I didn't this time so I reach out to Jess and say Jess I'm sorry and I hope you can forgive me and maybe maybe one day maybe one day we can be friends By the way, rest in peace, Casey Kasem. What a what a sad loss that was. Voice of Robin on the Super Friends and all that stuff. So, voice of Shaggy. Wait a minute. I just got I just got caught on the carpet for ripping off someone named Daniel and Andy's bit. No, I did not. I've been doing the apology to the Hulk music since the like the third age of the Big Honkin' Show, sir. We continue on. Um. Let's see, I believe that closed us out there with Richard Brookman's. Yeah, you know, I, I was surprised to see the lack of Japanimation, as we used to call it, anime. But I'll tell you this. Um, I also know that back in the day, this was a big deal for me. Saturday morning cartoons were big. They were special. I loved He-Man. I loved Transformers. I loved G.I. Joe. Those cartoons came on Monday through Friday. The Saturday morning cartoons had something special about them. And there was also, I know on NBC infuriated me to no end because NBC um, NBC played Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends and the 1980s Incredible Hulk cartoon like later in the mornings. And so it would always get preempted for like sports and other stuff on that Atlanta affiliate. And, oh, it just drove me nuts. It just made me so mad. But I'll tell you this, man. I'll tell you this. It's one of those things, the idea of Saturday morning cartoons is one of those things that just take me back to that time that we're all trying to go back to sometimes. I'm not saying that I want to be a kid again, but it really does when I sit and I think about some of these things and I think about some of those short-lived cartoons that came on in the 80s. GoBots, I think, was a Saturday morning cartoon. Whereas Transformers was daily, GoBots would come on Saturday mornings. They were Hanna-Barbera produced and that sort of thing. And I just remember the credits and the font of the credits was, were all the same on those Hanna-Barbera commercials and or those cartoons. And Hanna-Barbera was a huge presence back in the day. It was always kind of confusing to me when Cartoon Network came around and Warner Brothers kind of bought them and Turner or Turner bought them. And then, of course, AOL Time Warner had them and all this stuff. It was just all real strange. And, and I just you could just be having fun loving life eating pancakes you know on cold days blanketed up just loving it and i just there were a few that weren't mentioned that that you know if i were going to do a saturday morning run if i were going to do a season's worth of saturday morning cartoons okay if i said all right starting this fall um i'm going to lay out my saturday mornings when i wake up I'm going to start watching Saturday morning cartoons, but I'm not going to watch what what's on necessarily. I'm going to watch what I can buy or get my hands on and make my own Saturday mornings. I'd have to, just for nostalgia's sake, um, I'd have to start with Gummy Bears. Gummy Bears, as I recall, used to come on at 8 in the morning on NBC, and that's where I would start. See, I used to... 
as a kid, I would schedule my Saturday mornings the way that, you know, you schedule your afternoons now as an adult. I mean, I needed a day planner to say, well, I have an 8 o'clock with the gummy bears, and then at uh, 9 o'clock we have a Smurfs rendezvous. Uh, we'll be flipping over to CBS for this later on. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. It was It was that big of a deal to me. I do remember NBC kind of being my main hub of where I would hang uh, until Muppet Baby's time, and I would hit CBS because CBS had the Muppet Babies come on. And they also had a little show called Little Muppet Monsters that didn't last that long. But if you listen to the end credits music of the Muppet Babies, it was the opening credits music for the Little Muppet Monsters. But anyhow, I digress, as I want to do. I believe I'd start at 8 with Gummy Bears. Um, if I'm getting up at 8 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday morning to watch cartoons, by the way. Uh, 8.30, I would back Smurfs up and go right after that. with Smurfs. And I'd have to have Smurfs in there. Smurfs, to me, defined Saturday mornings for so long. They were a constant presence for just, it seemed like, years and years and years. And so I would have to have some Smurfs rolling along at 8.30, you know, right after the gummy bears. And and I'm I've gotta ease my way into, you know, the kind of the bigger stuff. The stuff that and again, I'm doing this more from around my era of stuff. Uh at nine at nine I would whip out the Mighty Orbots. Now, you guys may not be familiar with the Mighty Orbots. It was a very short lived show. It was playing on the success of things like GoBots and Transformers. And uh, it was it was a team of robots, and they would form to make a big robot. It was also playing on the success of things like Voltron. Um, and But it was done Saturday morning style. Wasn't the best in the world, but it's one of those that I remember fondly, and I really dug the theme song. So I was good about that. Um, anyhow, uh, at 9.30, just to rub it in the face of everybody who gives the GoBots a hard time. It's GoBot time. Uh, with Scooter and Turbo and Leader One and Psykill and all that stuff. Um, I, You know, the GoBots were a cool show to me, and I really liked some of the stuff they had. They had a big... The, the bad guys, Psykill and them, had a big lizard robot monster dragon thing called Zod, of all things. Not to be confused with Neil before Zod, but they, his name was Zod. And we, you know, I dug the GoBots. I really did. It was a different enough kind of thing. You never felt like they were trying to rip off the Transformers, even though they were kind of the same thing. And quite frankly, GoBots were around before Transformers in the States. Tonka put out GoBots, the toys. And I had more GoBots than I had Transformers because they were the poor man's Transformers. They were more affordable. And so I dug the cartoon that had them on there. Uh... At 10 o'clock, we're going to roll over to Muppet Babies because that's when I remember the Muppet Babies coming on back in the day. And if you don't love the Muppet Babies, then you don't love the Muppets. Muppet Babies was such a great cartoon. Uh, I, I know there are all kinds of rights and things they've got to get worked out with stuff. Hopefully some of that can be worked out now that Disney has Lucasfilm stuff and everything. And um, Doc Zen has stopped me here. He's trying to, to get me started. 10 most child warping moments of the 80s cartoons <laughs> oh my gosh some of these things i told i've seen this before and um and they're right 
I'm I can't I'm not I'm not going to take the time to read through this, um, but uh, but I'm going to uh, we'll save it for another day because some of these I don't know some of these I'm definitely um, definitely familiar with anyway um, I was talking about Muppet Babies Muppet Babies were a fun fun show and I never really understood who nanny was supposed to be i never understood if she was you know in my mind as a kid i'm like was this a kid who's pretending that these things are alive and or is she really taking care of these kids these muppet kids and um i always wondered where skeeter went you know scooter stuck around with the gang but skeeter was never anywhere to be seen on the old muppet show or in the movies and and you got to remember this is a time before uh the muppets um Christmas Carol and and the Muppets Treasure Island and all the other stuff we have today. This was the only thing we had, you know, were Sesame Street, the Muppet Show, and those three Muppet movies. The Muppet Movie, The Great Muppet Caper, and uh, Muppets Take Manhattan. And there were a few specials here and there, but by and large, this was it. And and it was just so so much fun to hang. I loved the Muppets so much that I took the Muppet Babies. You know, I would have loved to have, I, you know, honestly... In my in my heart and in my mind, would I have rather had actual Muppets, the actual Muppets as they stood on Saturday morning? Yes, but I love the Muppet Show just fine anyway. Uh, so that's a 10 a.m. or for me, the Muppet sh- uh, the Muppet Babies. 10:30 uh, a.m. I am going to uh, rock and roll with um, probably the Pac-Man cartoon. Uh, the Pac-Man cartoon, I think only got one or two seasons, but there was just something about it. It was weirdly animated. I don't, I don't know that it was a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. It might've been a Hanna-Barbera joint, but it was, uh, it was fun. It was, it was a neat thing. There was this really, the ghosts were the minions of this really bad dude who kind of looked like a bald headed, he'd kind of looked like Darth Vader when Luke takes the mask off, to be honest with you. And uh, and they would get eaten, and the eyes would go back to the closet, and they'd pull out their little ghost sheets and everything and have that going. Then at 11, it's got to be... Uh, I'm going to go Super Friends, and I'm going to go uh, the Superpowers team or Galactic Guardians, um, just because those... I, I'm less familiar. I like the challenge of the Super Friends... But I like the Galactic Guardians and the Superpowers, the Legendary Superpowers show, because they tended to have more villains than even what the Challenge of Super Friends had. And it seemed like the stakes were always higher and bigger. There was a lot more action to it. And then at 11.30, I'm going with that 80s Hulk TV show. That 80s, not the, not the TV show, but the cartoon. The cartoon of the Incredible Hulk from the 80s, just because I love the Hulk and I feel like it's a good way to cap off my morning uh, on a Saturday morning. That's one season. You know, there's going to be some stuff get canceled next season. There's going to be some stuff go away. The um, the Mighty Orbots are going to be gone next season. Um, we may have to see Pac-Man go, go goodbye next season. Hulk will probably be gone next season. I don't know if he's got enough episodes to, to merit two seasons. So then I'm going to have to start replacing stuff. But, um, but I've thought about doing this. I've thought about, like, you know, why don't I just start kind of you know, as I have money, I don't want to do it without the funds to do it, you know, but you know, any, any time I have an extra dollar or two, uh, you know, down the road, buy some of these DVDs of these old cartoons I loved 
and just have them ready to go and just start programming them on Saturday mornings. How weird, would, how geeky is that? I mean, is that messed up or what? I don't know. Sometimes I say, it's like I think these things and I think it'd be cool and then I say them out loud and I'm like, what are you thinking, Glosson? What are you thinking? Why would you say this out loud to anybody? You know better. You know better than to talk that way. <laughs> you know better than to let this side out, sir. And uh, and I do. I do know better. And uh, good night. That's a horrible version of that song. What am I doing there? That just makes me sad to even think that I have something that sounds that terrible um, in my computer. Once again, I should be I should be checking these things before I wreck myself. It does not rhyme, but it's it's what I mean in my heart to say. So, um, well, this is strange. I don't understand what this is all about. Okay, here we go. My bad. Sorry, guys. <clears throat> Sorry, everyone. Sorry for my poor editing skills. There we go. That's a lot better. That's going to wrap it up for us on Geek Out Loud this week. I really appreciate you guys sticking around, having a good time with us, and uh, talking some Saturday morning cartoons. This may be something we do in the future where we just kind of uh, throw out a, an idea on the Twitter and that sort of thing and, and get you guys to respond and let you guys kind of drive the show and produce the show with that sort of thing. So I really, really do appreciate uh, your help with this show. It's a good times. It was just a great, it's always fun to stroll down memory lane. And it's really neat to see the different eras that everyone comes from that listens to the show and what everyone enjoys. I just really had a blast with it. Saturday morning cartoons are a great thing. And I would say to families, you know, if you got nothing else going on on Saturday mornings, take at least an hour you know, and just take some of these old cartoons and be like, let's watch some, kids. And have have some pancakes or some cereal and watch some Saturday morning cartoons and just enjoy it. Be like, and be like, when I was a kid, tell them. Tell them to do the old man thing. When I was a kid, these played all morning long. The email, if I missed anything or there's something random or rare that you remember from a Saturday morning, the email is geekoutonline at gmail.com geekoutonline at gmail.com that's also the place where you can send the videos for our Patreon launch day campaign where you're pitching the Goliverse to other people who stumble across it on the Patreon site speaking of the Patreon June 28th is when it's happening we're going to be launching all day long we're going to have a marathon our goal is to get to the $2,500 mark that day. We'll set that goal. It's high. It's a high goal. It's a high goal. I know. I know. But check out Patreon.com. Familiarize yourself with the service. Understand what it is. And uh, and then once we launch that day, you can see how you can help the Goaliverse get better and better and better for you. Head over to geekoutonline.com where you can click on the Goliverse store and buy a t-shirt where you can click on Goal Insider and become a member of the Goal Insider newsletter. We'll send out a mail, an email probably once a month or less uh, just to kind of give you updates on what's going on. You can know what's happening before everyone else does with the Goal Insider. While you're at geekoutonline.com, 
help us out and use those Amazon links. You're buying stuff on Amazon, click to it from the Amazon link there at geekoutonline.com, and it really helps the show out. I want to thank everyone who's been doing that. I, we've definitely seen an increase in, in what's been coming in, and it's been a huge help, and we thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for helping us out by using the Amazon link at geekoutonline.com. Twitter.com slash geekoutloud and Twitter.com slash Steve Glosson. Those are where you can follow me and this show on Twitter. Don't forget to check out Geek Out Online for the recording schedule. Every um, every week we'll post it there. Thursday night, we're excited to introduce a new show into the Goaliverse, Disney Vault Talk with myself and Teresa Delgado. We're going to be talking Snow White so get your uh, get your act together and uh, go check out the uh, the Snow White movie from Disney from back in the day, the first ever animated feature from Disney, and that's what we're going to be talking about on the first Vault Talk. We're going to be walking through all those animated films together, having a good time, talking some Disney stuff here in the Goldiverse. Rock Out Loud happening tomorrow night. And tonight, later on, I'm excited to be recording the inaugural episode of Starkville Labs with Derek. Derek returns with Starkville Labs. You can check us out by following Starkville Labs on Twitter, liking Starkville Labs on Facebook, and making sure you subscribe as soon as that episode is available. I want to thank everyone who's joined us in the live chat at www.mixer.com slash show. Really appreciate you guys coming in and hanging out. And I thank you all who've downloaded via the podcast. If you are on iTunes, check us out on the on iTunes and write a review. Leave us a rating. Help us get known. We've been in the top 200 in the TV and film category for a while now, and it's awesome. We're creeping up. We're creeping up, so let's keep, let's keep doing that. I've run my mouth enough. I've plugged so much. If you missed any of the information, just scrub back and and re-get it. I can't say to you enough how much I appreciate each and every one of you. I appreciate your support and your listening, and I'm looking forward to the fun we're going to have on June 28th. A lot of surprises we're working on, a lot of good times we're working on on that day. So make sure you're around on Saturday. Pop in and out with us, if you will. It's going to be a good time. Until next time, I'm Steve Glosson. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud.